from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children, a character creation, storytelling, and world building podcast where each week we take a listener prompt and we create an original fantasy story. It's wonderful. It is a wonderful podcast. And um normally we have like three to five minutes of like silly intro banter where we yeah. cook up a whole cockamamie story about like yeah. what we do, but like I want to get into it because, like, we have a prompt this week. Um, people often ask us, or they often say to us in conversation when submitting prompts via Facebook, email, Twitter, Discord, whatever, they're like, well, I submitted this prompt a long time ago, but it'll probably never get used because it was a while ago. That makes me so sad because it's so not true. Yeah, like, we still have all of those prompts. We still have pretty much every prompt that has ever been submitted to us. Yeah, Absolutely. And it's just a matter of, like, finding the right time for the right prompt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which brings us to this week's prompt, which is actually one of the literal first prompts that was ever submitted to us. It's from July 21st, 2016. And it's just been, I've been, like, for the last year and a half sitting here going, like, when can we get to this prompt? I just want to, like, do this prompt. But, like, it has never quite felt like the right time. And this, it just finally feels like the right, you know, moment, like, lightning in a bottle is here and I'm ready. I'm excited. Aaron, do we have a prompt this week? We do. This is a great example of a prompt that less is sometimes more. And the prompt this week comes to us from a Twitter user, Muscular Pikachu, Alex Roberts. And the prompt is, a very good grandma. A very good grandma. It's a really good prompt. I'm very excited. Now, how do you... So, hey, everybody, if this is your first time listening, sometimes we use uh, character creation tables and games to make a character. So let's... What do we what do we want to use to make this very good grandma? So here's what I'm thinking for this very good grandma. I want to uh, switch up our normal process a little bit. Oh. I want to, usually we, we kind of tell like a pretty linear story where we're like, okay, this is where the character begins, this is their journey, and this is where they end, right? Yes. But the interesting thing to me about this prompt is that it's all about where she ends up. Yes, she's very good, and she has, uh, there's two generations underneath of her. Or, like, to a village or something. She's, like, an elder. And so, like, what I'm thinking about is, like, I want to lay out where she is and then rewind Mm. and, like, tell the story of, like, because for me, and this is the first question that I've got for you, what do you think, what for you is something that, like, makes a very good grandma? Care and compassion. That's that's good. I like that. I was thinking, like, for me, part of what makes, like, a a very good grandma, part of, like, is hard-earned experience yeah absolutely you've you know you've been involved in raising someone who has then raised someone else and you've been a part of you know uh are you familiar with like the behavior of like elephants how like the grandmothers are super involved and they like they drive that community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, i'm thinking like that kind of respect where it's like no this is like a this is an experienced person you know this is someone who's lived a life and has helped guide two more lives and uh, and and also beyond that, like, even before that, like, she's had a whole life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she lived, she's lived and done amazing things. 
And she's not going to, like, try and force you into a mold, but, like, she also, like, she understands because she was there once upon a time. You know what I mean? Like, that's, there's a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the older generations in my family and in my partner's family have that kind of, like, yeah, I was there once. Like, I, I was in your shoes once upon a time because I, like, because I did X, Y, and Z and I made mistakes and I'm going to, you know, Allowing you to make mistakes, but also being there to be like, yep, I made that mistake once. Ooh, I think that is a good quality of a grandma then. Like someone who allows you to grow, fall down, helps you get up and teaches you about what, like, you know, that the losses are just as important as the gains sometimes. Yeah. And and so I want to, like, lay out, like, who she, like, what her life is like now. And then almost as if opening a, a scrapbook or storybook to her younger days roll on some event tables and really, like, flesh out, like, the the miraculous things that she's done and seen. I really love this. Okay, so where do you want to start? Why don't we decide on a, a culture first? I'm dying for a human. I want a Let's human a grandma human, then. so bad. Let's do a human, then. Okay. Um... Where do we where do we see her where do we see her living because that's going to affect her living situation. What if do you want it to be one of the major cities or do you want to just say a new place? I kind of like I kind of like a new place. Okay. I kind of like I almost kind of like it being no place. Oh, okay. Like kind of just like a cottage on a road. Okay. Warm and kind of out of the way, but like travelers pass by occasionally. And it's just a, like, and it's just this kind of worn, not in the best shape, but not necessarily dilapidated or poorly kept. Just it's very old. Hmm. A lot of this is going to be determined by her life, though. Like what the we can just say that there is a solitary house by a road and then its quality, I think, will be determined by the scrapbook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if she was like a, a, you know, a hero that won lots of contests of strength, it would be a nice house. You know what I mean? And because yeah. you've made money and stuff like that. So we can keep it vague. The end product, I think, should be vague. And then we'll build pretty much the end picture. We'll paint it by telling the story of her life. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. Cool. So why don't we... You want to start with her name? Oh, yeah. It's a good grandma name. Hmm. A good grandma name. Human grandma. Um, hmm. My mother, who is yeah. a grandmother... Okay. Uh, insists on going by Gigi, so maybe her her name could be Gigi, Gigi, or maybe Gigi, like it's an alliterative G name or something. I'm down with Gigi. Yeah, Gigi. So Gigi lives in a house by the road. Her family, her family just knows her as Gigi. That's all they've ever known her as. Oh, absolutely. It's is it a family name? Uh, I think it's a nickname because I kind of like I want if I want the door to be open for. It to be her for her name to come to us later. Okay. So before we do tables, so what we have is a grandmother who's a good grandma, a human who lives in a cottage by the road in nowhere particular, you know, just a nice cozy cottage, lives a grandma named Gigi. And now let's figure out kind of what her life was that led her to this cottage. Roll me a D100 to figure out like her social status in life and i think that's going to be the first thing that gives us a glimpse into her her cottage into her world okie dokie 58 comfortable 
she grew up not really wanting for anything, but not really, not extravagantly wealthy. Okay. Um, how comfortable do you want to say? Like, because I don't know why, but the first image that came to me was like a family that works for, uh, for like royalty, we'll say. You yeah, I'm I mean, fine I don't with know that. why. That's the first image that came to me. Like, Gigi's family was part of maybe servants, maybe a cook to like a king and a queen, you know, to uh, some kind of noble. You know, yeah, they I'm, I'm worked for them. Or was like the child of like an ambassador. I like child of an ambassador. I kind of like bureau. I'm, I'm always a fan of bureaucracy. Cool. Her mother was an ambassador. Ooh, I like that. And. You know, had decent money, was away a lot. Because if you're an ambassador, you're you're going off to other places. Did she travel with her mother? I think so. I think that's a fun little detail. Yeah, I think that's a good detail. She definitely saw a lot of the world. And it kind of adds to the idea that, like, she has lived a lot, right? Like, she oh, saw yeah. the world when she was young. Yes, and learned a lot of languages. Is very, is very like, well-rounded, I would say. Yeah. You know, this is a well-rounded person because you've seen all sorts of walks of life. You would understand a lot more than, like, someone who's just stayed in a cottage forever. Yeah. I think it was uh, just her and her mother. Yes, I agree with this. And and, and I think that, wor- like, that worked perfectly well for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, it was yeah. just the two of them off together, like, and they were kind of the company that each of them needed. Like, her mother gave her guidance and she gave her mother... A, a sense of home wherever she wherever she landed yeah i think it was sort of like that adorable idea of like everyone knew them as like the tag team champions like oh mm-hmm. there's Gigi and her mother whatever her name was you mm-hmm. know starting trouble in you know moon crescent this weekend oh you know inseparable and incredibly close friends kind of like gilmore girls yeah i'm seeing some gilmore girls vibe from this where it's like best pals mother and daughter scenario yeah well, now that we've got her mother on the table, we'll call her mother, uh... Alright, I'm, I'm pushing... I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a thing out. Okay. I think that she is called, uh, Gigi. Because every woman in her family, like, it is the tradition to... Their last name starts with a G, and it is their, their, their first... Like, it is the tradition to have a, an alliterative G name. Okay, cute. I dig it. So is her name like GG, like G period, G period? Yeah. Cool. And it gets like shortened into GG. And so her mother's name is uh, Gloriana. What's a good G last name? Hmm. Gatsenberg? Is that a good last name? <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. I was thinking Galewind. Galewind is good. Let's go. Yeah, Gloriana Galewind. Gloriana Galewind sounds like a badass. Because I was thinking of like an ambassador, like this woman basically traveling the world, like, you know, meeting with yeah. people and making big deals. That's Gloriana Galewind and her daughter yeah. Gigi. Yeah, Gloriana Galewind. Okay. Let a, roll me a, a six-sided dice, divide it by two. Okay. I got a two. Okay, so one, roll me a d20 for a noteworthy thing that happened to her mother. A noteworthy thing from her mother's life. Eleven. Oh, yeah, perfect. Her mother uh, is a military veteran, so she was a military ambassador. So she was, and this made sense time-wise, this would probably be in like the time of the crown where there's a lot of unrest. She was sort of a negotiator of peace, right? I dig it. I love that. Okay, so that says a lot. So that says, like, there's there's tension in the world. So Gigi's mm-hmm. growing up in a world that is, like, tense. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of um, there's a lot of adult conversations happening that a child has to like know about because i think her mother i think gloriana is very upfront with Gigi about the reality of her job because if they're close Mm -hmm. it's like yeah no i have to go and talk to a very adorable aardvark however he has done some very bad things and we have to discuss them and i think i think it has i think it instills in Gigi a sense of like the world is dangerous so hold on to what you've got Ooh, like she has she has very strong bonds with people because she's like, look, thing, I, things have not always been easy. So I, so like, I, I am not letting go of the the relationships that I have. Yes, I think it was instilled in Gigi very young to like, this may be the last conversation you have with this person. So make sure when we leave this city, you know, it's a good one. You know, mm-hmm. as dark as that is, like this is the reality that I think, I think there is some danger to her mother's job. And mm-hmm. I think that's why she instilled in her to, like, build strong bonds with people and savor the time you have with them. Because life is difficult. And even in the best of times, she was, like, traveling from city to city for months or years at a time. Like, she, it's like, you might never be back to this city. And if you do, this person's life might go in a different direction. So, like, every, make every moment with someone count. Does her mother have a character class? I like to think of her as like a knight. Like yeah, a, definitely. Like a, well, I don't know. We call it a fighter because we have a paladin. But like, I'm thinking like sword and shield. Yeah. Like coat of like suit of armor type deal. If things were to go badly, she could definitely like fight her way out. Yes. She was like a trained military fighter, a soldier whose skill was not necessarily with the blade, but was with like making sure she never had to draw her blade. Mm-hmm. She's a negotiator. She yeah. knows she's a talker. This is like a bard in a suit of plate. But she has that leverage of like, I can ruin your shit. Yeah, I just don't want to. Yeah, but I don't want to. My kid is here. It's not my job to do that. My job is to make sure the conflict doesn't happen. Yeah. And I, I have a cute, uh, a cute memory for Gigi is I think she has uh, a really cute memory that stays with her forever of the weight of her mother's hand and a gauntlet on her shoulder, just like mm. on her. It's just that kind of memory of that that weight on her shoulder just makes her feel kind of relaxed. So anytime she's wearing like like a like a, a messenger bag that has a lot of weight, it kind of makes her feel at ease because she thinks of that heavy gauntlet being like, "Do you want to go get some pancakes?" <laughs> she loves pancakes. Oh, that's absolutely that's her that's her signature dish because that's that's totally the diner food. That's uh-huh. you know when you're eating on the go and you're eating a, you know just stopping into a town it's early in the morning you're going to crush some fucking pancakes especially if you're 9. Yeah. So this is a detail that is very important to me and a very good grandma. Okay? A ton of knickknacks. And I think that one of them is like she has her mother's gauntlet like oh. Yeah, exactly. She's got all of these things on like mantles and shelves and just various places, and it's the kind of thing that if you walk around, like, it just kind of looks like she's got odd taste in art. Yes. But if you ask her, she goes like, oh, no, that's my mom. She was a diplomat in the war, like, and she goes into this whole story. Oh, I love that. The the idea of, like, a, not in a disrespectful way, but the cliche way that, like, an older person will have, like, their treasures of their life. Like, when you walk through my grandmother's house, I'm like, oh, what's that? She's like, oh, that's when we lived in Niagara Falls. I'm like, oh, my God, you did? What, what is this? Oh, it's a button from a camp presidential campaign that I found in Niagara Falls. Let me tell you about the 60s. And, so, you know, that kind of... Yeah. Her whole... The cottage is... It's like a museum, almost. Yeah. That you can follow 
and track Gigi's life start to finish as you walk through it. Yeah. So this is someone who values stuff, too. Yeah. You know, keeps... Uh, I think it's someone who walks along the road and picks up stuff along the way. And is like, ooh, that's, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, values, like, not junk, but has sentimental attachments to things that, you know, aren't traditionally kept. Let me let me throw something at you that I love. Okay. I think if you ask her, she would say the words, yeah, I like junk. <laughs> I think it's fun. I think junk is fun. Yeah, it's true. Junk is fun because it is one man's trash is another man's treasure. I think type, that she just you know? cold says that. And like, I think I love that. She's a junk collector. Well, not a junk mm-hmm. collector, but she's a collector of stuff. She's got yeah. stuff. Because uh, I oh, I think that ties in perfectly, Jeff, with the this may be the last time you ever visit here. Picks mm-hmm. up a souvenir of sorts, like in everywhere you go on. Like if you've, this is the last time you're going to be in Purethra Guild. I think she presses a flower like into a book that's only found there type thing. Dries it yeah. out, keeps it. I love that. Awesome. So um, let's roll on some uh, significant events of childhood and adolescence. This is, I love this already. This is fun. This is a good, this is good. I'm loving this. Okay, give me a D6 uh, divided by three. So, or divided by two. So one, two is one, three, four is two, five, six is three. All right, I got a six, so three. Okay, give me a D20. Uh, Each of these, we're going to have three, like, important events of childhood and adolescence. So three D20? Yeah, but roll me one at a time, and we'll like each one will be an event. All right, I got a two. Two. A tragedy occurs. Oh, no. GG. Roll me another d20. Twelve. Character receives a serious injury that does not heal properly. Okay. All right. Give me a d8 to tell me how it happened. I got a five. A terrible fire. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. It is a terrible fire. I'm, I have an image for you. Okay. So it's, it's unfortunate, but they're staying in an inn, right? Maybe they're in a town just like Emerald Ivy type deal. And uh, they're at an inn and there's a party going on and just, you know, an accidental fire kind of happens. Or is it like monster attack? I'm fine with, like, honestly, I think accidental fire is. Yeah. So I'm thinking like the hearth is roaring at the bar under, you know, because you sleep, it's like a bar and they're up above it. And it's like, it's not like dangerous or anything. But like something falls into the hearth that shouldn't, sparks shoot the wrong way, and just a fire breaks out. And Mm -hmm. what I think this is, this is, I think this is kind of what sparks her mother to be like, you have to be more careful. Because they get out. I think her mother, I think Gloriana saves a lot of people. You know, pulls a lot of people out of the fire, goes back in, and I think she's like, stay here, Gigi. Like, stay outside with these people. I'll be right back. Gigi goes back in, you know, trying to, like, save someone. Sees someone crying out on the second floor. Goes back in, gets them out, but, like, burns her hand, like, very badly. And this is, like, the this is the first moment where her mother's like, I thought I told you to stay here. Like, you look, you hurt yourself. You have to be more careful. Like, the world is not... Like, we're all having fun, and I'm taking you around the world, but, like, there are consequences and stuff that you don't understand yet. And, like, I'm trying to teach you that there is danger that is real, and I want you to respect that, and I want you to be more careful, because you've hurt yourself, and, like, I can't heal this. Mm-hmm. I, 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 love, I love that, and I think... And I think it was specifically... She's kind of, like, old enough where that was sort of a real riff, where she's like, I, I want to be doing the things that you're doing. Yes. And her mom is like, but I have I have been trained for years in order to do them properly. That that what that tells me then is that what's instilled in Gigi is a sense of you have to earn it. You mm-hmm. don't just get it. There's no entitlement. It's like if you want to be a hero, Gigi, you can't do it right now. You have to earn that. 
you have to become stronger if you want to help people or you're going to hurt yourself and the other person in the process. Yeah. I dig that. So she's got oh, a burnt really hand. Good. I like that. Well, I don't give, like that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> give me another d20. Okay. Whoop, whoop, whoop. 19. A special age-specific event occurs. Awesome. 216A. Roll a d20. Okay. One. A kindly neighbor schools the character. Oh, word. After the accident, her mother, like, for the first time, because she has to recover her hand. Yeah. Her mother's like, I have to go. I have to, like, I have to go. So she stays with her neighbor. Hmm. Who, like, teaches her stuff. Can I have a pitch for what they teach her? So, really, let me roll on for pronouns for the neighbor real quick. All right, so she teaches her, um, I think, healing magic. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. So she's injured, and she's in this house. Uh, she's left with a neighbor, a friend. Because, you know, her mother has, na- has friends all over the world. She's an international mm-hmm. ambassador. So Gloriana leaves her with, what's her name? Starfellow Kincaid. Star- wow, that's, fuck, that's super good. Okay, because here's my pitch for you. Where they lived originally was in Dragon, of course, because this is old right. school human. So they're from Dragon. So this is like a dragon healing wizard. This is a yeah. dragon cleric, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so Gigi lives with her for what? How long? Like a month? Is this like a, or a summer? Let's say it's a summer. A summer, yeah. It spends a summer. Yeah, it's with, a summer. I love that. What is her name? Star? Starfellow. So Starfellow. And Starfellow is, of course, healing Gigi's hand, you know, and... You know, I think Gigi thinks that this summer is just like, mom's going away. I need a place to stay. I'm just staying here. But in reality, Gloriana is like, I really, I want you to train my daughter in how to defend herself, you know, how to help others in the best way that you see fit. And I think uh, Starfellow sees like the nurturing nature that I think is really developing and just the heroic spirit that is in Gigi. And it's like, I know what I can teach you. Can I throw can I throw something at that cuz I think yeah. it's real good? Yeah. I think if she if she if Gloriana hands her to Starfellow and says like teach her to defend herself however you see fit. Mm-hmm. I like that she teaches her like both sides of the traditional kind of D&D cleric thing. Yes. Where she teaches her like healing magic but she's also like but I can also teach you how to hit something really hard with a baseball bat. I love that. Cause she's like, she's like, you're going to be in dangerous situations. You can't always, you can't always just rely on like cure light wounds. Sometimes you're going to have to fight your way out. You're going to have to like punch your way through some things. Yeah. There's some, there's some creatures out there that words will not reach Gigi. And unfortunately you're going to have to defend yourself and just gets her really tough and strong, you know? Mm -hmm. So Gloriana is a dragon. I mean, not Gloriana. So Starfellow is a dragon who teaches little Gigi basically to be a level one cleric. Mm -hmm. So the image I'm getting is, you know, they're Gigi sitting on her bed. She's what, 10? Like 13, 14, I think. Okay. Let's go with. So Gigi's sitting on a bed at like 14. Hand is, you know, burnt, burnt up. It hurts real bad. And Starfellow is like, you know how I can make it, you know, you know, a little trick for making that pain go away. And it's like, what? And she casts Cure Light Wounds. And of course, Gigi is like, oh my God, you're a, you're a wizard. You're a cleric. You can do that? Yeah, you sure can. You want to learn how? And just by being like, you know, she thinks, I'm seeing it as some kind of training movie where like you don't quite know, sort of in the Slip Willis thing where it's like you don't know if it's training or not. You're just mm-hmm. having a really great fucking summer. 
It's there's a there's a summer training montage, sure. Yeah, where they're like, you know, going out there and finding tiny wounded sparrows and like fixing their she's fixing its wing with a little cure light wound and picking up a mace and like, hey, if you can chop down that tree with a with a mace, you know, I'll give you pancakes. It's like, oh my god, you did it. <laughs> Do you want a real dumb Do you want a real dumb one? Give me that dumb shit. Uh Starfellow enrolls Gigi in uh the in the local baseball team. Oh my god. And like part of how she gets she like her training for being really good with like a mace is quite literally like batting practice. I dig it. You know what team she plays for? What's that? The Bada Booms. The Bada Booms. <laughs> plays for the the what's the name of the town? The Bordentown Bada Booms. The Bordentown Bada Booms. So, okay, so that's her childhood adolescence, so she becomes a cleric. Yeah, uh, we've got one more childhood event. I love this. Give me a d20. Four. Learns an unusual skill. Oh, hell yes! I'm not even going to ask us to roll on the table. I think she just becomes, I think, a star baseball player. Is that what you think it is? She becomes like, is that what her passion is? Is it? Is it baseball? I think it's baseball, Aaron. It is now. Um, okay, so she gets... Okay, so this is still like 14, right? Yeah. Is super into baseball. I'm going to ask you then, why? Why does she love baseball so much? Um, now, also, can I say that baseball is canon fantasy now? Yep. They play yep. baseball. Yep. Just just, just classic uh, classic baseball. Why does she... <laughs> Why is it so slow? Why is it so slow? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I went with. I don't know why I went with a slow, somber cover. I was about to say, "Take me out to the ball game." Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm cutting that. So, um, great. So, why does she love baseball so much? <sighs> Sorry, I had an idea. Hit me. Are you sure? Hit me. Jeff, this is her first time being around people her own age. Oh, that made that so good. She spends the summer, like, with kids. You know, yeah. she's used to hanging out with her mom, which is great and awesome. So she's the kid surrounded by adults, right? Yes. You know, uh, spends a lot of time waiting for her mother outside of offices. Has never yeah. been, like, hanging with people her own age. And, like, lear- like, you know, this is where she starts learning swear words. Because, you know, she's never heard of them before. And, like, and part of it is also, like, it's not just that she's hanging out with kids her own age. It's that, like, for a few minutes, when she steps up to the plate, she's, like, a star among kids her own age. Oh, I love that. She knocks that ball out of the park. The kids go wild. Like, people, her peers are losing their minds over, like, she just not hit a home run. And, like, she's a star player. And so for a few minutes, it's not, it's like she gets to hang out with kids her own age. She gets to be around her peers and her friends. And for a few minutes every game, she gets to like really fucking impress them. Yeah. She gets to be the center of attention of like a group of, because her mom is pretty famous. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not like she lives in the shadow. Like her mom is very aware of how difficult that can be for her, but it's not the same as like when you're 14. And your peers are like, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You you hit that ball like 400 feet. How? You're only 14. It's like, yeah, everybody's cheering like, GG, GG. And it's just like, you know, the the, the hero of, the, of Bordentown, you know? Mm-hmm. I think important about that being a part of her childhood where it's like, oh, no, I had a great childhood. 
You know, I got to travel the world with my mom. I I saw everything. I learned about so many different people. And then I, I fell in love with the sport. And I had such a wonderful experience with it. You know, I didn't get any of the negativity and any of that bad stuff that came with it. I, you know, I just enjoyed being with my friends, doing something that I loved. And I got to be the star. You know, people were asking me to sign their bats after games. You know, people would scrape their knees and in the dugout, I'd, ca- I'd sneak a little Cure Light wounds on them. And they were like, wow, thanks a lot, Gigi. And it, it just felt like I was someone, you know, for a moment. I was a hero. It's beautiful. I love this. <laughs> you ready to get, keep going? This is so fun. Yeah. Yeah, All this right. is great. Do we have another table? Yes, we do. We are ready for significant events of adulthood. So, like, let's take a moment talk about the rest. So, like, this is pretty much her high school, right? Yeah, this is high school days. Is like playing she's baseball with friends, studying to be a cleric. Traveling. She still travels with her mom, but, like, she travels and, like, just goes right to batting machines. Yep. Oh, absolutely. This is This is that kid everybody is like, yo, everyone's gathering around in the batting cages watching... This young woman, like, smashing a fucking ball, like, through the net and into the stratosphere. She's making a name for herself. And I think there's this tiny element of, like, teenage rebellion and spite to it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, she can go with her mom somewhere where her mom is super important. But, like, in the back of her mind, she's like, yeah, but, like, I'm gonna hit that batting cage in an hour and we'll see who everyone's watching. Oh, absolutely. There's totally that little kid spite thing where it's like, you may be the star in international politics, but on the diamond, I am the queen. And I think that kind of carries through into when she's a grandma. Is she kind of like, she is, she is, um, oh, I got something real good. Awesome. She's absolutely like a sports mom. Ooh, for her kids and I grandkids where like she's the first one to any of their like glove glove games or baseball games or anything like their ballet concert whatever they're doing she's the first one there she's got a sign and a lot of times they're like this isn't an event that you need to bring a sign to like embarrassing her grandchildren by screaming and hooting <laughs> in the stands and stuff but <laughs> but when everybody sees her like oh i know who that is like all the older people are like whoa, uh-huh. whoa, whoa chill though chill though she's like a legend so also flash forward to the cottage, there are definitely sports memorabilia from her youth. Oh, for sure. Like for old sure. bats. Like one, the first bat she hit a home run with has this big crack in it. You know, her first set of cleric armor, her first her first war hammer, you know, things like that. A picture of her and Starfellow, you mm-hmm. know, like throwing up deuces. It's I love it. It's so good. I love this house. This is a fun game where you develop a house. It's yeah. sort of like the uh, treehouse game, but like sort of in reverse. All right. So let's do three. Let's not. I, I'm, I could ask you to roll, but let's just do three events of adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's fun. Because And also because like we're seeing so we're not like there's not. I don't think there's going to be a quest in the present sense. So I think doing more events is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Give me 2d20 and add them together. Okay. 16 plus 16. So 32. She has a romantic encounter. Yay! Good, good, good shit. Awesome. Good shit. So what age are we at now? Like 25 or like 30? I'm thinking 25. I think young, right? Okay, yeah, like young adulthood, like post-college, just, you know, starting to get your, starting to really like, you know, get your life together. Like what is my adult life going to be? Roll me a d20. 20. Critical love. 
A 20. Character and the Beloved end their romance and go their separate ways, but remain good friends. Um, roll me a d10. Okay. On a result of 10, I'll tell you what happens. Alrighty. Two. Alright. On a result of 10, they would have become best friends and roommates. <laughs> on a two, they just part, they go in their separate ways. So she has like a she has like a really deep, passionate love affair with someone. Mm -hmm. But they don't end up together. But that's oh, but they're both okay with, or at least yeah, they're okay with that because they still remain the best of friends. What? How do they meet? What? Is, okay, what is her young adult life like? Because first, she does not travel with her mother anymore. Obviously, she doesn't. No, her mother is off doing her thing, and she's done playing. You know, baseball's done. So now what? Like, what is her life? Is she an adventurer? She's a cleric. I almost picture like a um, and maybe this is how this is how she. Okay, I'm gonna throw you a big pitch. Yes, please. She's essentially the fantasy equivalent of a of like a doctor without borders. Ooh, okay. She goes places. She goes places and heals people like specifically. I she is dig like it. a traveling healing cleric, but like specifically like on the ground in dangerous places. Yes, and like healing people like that. She meets her. Uh, she meets a guy has kids. Her first generation of children. So she's in her, like, mid to late 20s. You know, she's been doing this for a few years. She's in her mid-20s. She has, like, she has a, she has a daughter. Okay. And they don't stay together. Mm-hmm. But they still, like, are good friends and in each other's lives at least a little bit because they're raising this kid together. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely, uh, they split up. The, the daughter is named Gilly. Gilly. I've been looking to use that name this whole time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, so Gilly is born. Gilly Galewind. Gilly Galewind's a very good name. So Gilly Galewind is born, and Gigi and her are, of course, just like her mother and her, best buds. This is like, so, okay, so Gilly is what, is Gilly a baby? I think she, yeah, yeah, in her 20s, throughout her 20s, she's got, she's got Gilly as a baby, and I think there's sort of a beautiful thing there's sort of a beautiful mirror. Well, let me, let me throw you two possibilities. Okay. Is there sort of a, a beautiful mirroring of Gloriana and Gigi where, like, she's traveling and she's got the child? Or is it the other way around where she's kind of like, I don't want to, like, do that. And she kind of, like, picks a place and hunkers down. Hmm. Hmm. Or does her, uh, does her partner raise the child and she just comes to visit often? Hmm. This is a tough choice. I like all of There's them. Three okay. good options. Do so, you want to? Do you want to pick one, or do you want to roll on a dice for it? I want to ask you real quick. What would be why? Why would she choose to just be just to visit? Oh yeah, no. Okay, I have. I have. A, I have a pitch for you. All right. Okay. Hit me. So while this is all happening, you know, while she's in her late teens and stuff, time is funny and fantasy and age means fucking nothing. Yeah, we right, just right. throw out numbers. The equivalent of that, yeah. Yes. Uh, Battle of Iron Hill happens. Sure. Right? Some shit goes down. This is like the first, like, war in fantasy. And, like, only, probably. Like, ever. Right. This is, this is the big one. Yes. Like, a bad thing happens for, like, the first fucking time where, like, people are dragged into, like, a political conflict and, like, basically everything that her mother had been talking to her about, like, you know, this is what could happen. This is what has happened. And so the Battle of Iron Hill happens. Is she there? After. She's there after. Because we said, because her thing is, like, she goes to places where people are hurt and, yes. like, takes care of them. Yeah. 
So I think she shows up after, like, the after basically the Battle of Iron Hill is over. Yeah. And is helping to, like, repair houses, heal yes. people. Yes. She is, I think, not just, like, doing it. She is overseeing large humanitarian efforts. Okay, then I have a huge pitch for you then. Hit me. So in her early 20s, she's traveling and she's being a cleric. You know, she's healing people, just, you know, general healing. Like, you know, you're sick, you call the doctor, she shows up. I mean, she may be able to, she has strong healing power. So if you're really Mm -hmm. sick or really effed up, you know, you call Gigi. So she's doing that. She meets someone, you know, they, they have a beautiful love. And the result of that is Gilly. I think the Battle of Iron Hill happens. And it's it's what kind of has been in her mother's mind and put in her for a long time, like that there's a possibility of a battle happening, and that's very bad. And if that happens, like people are going to die. And after that happens, because the okay, sorry, let me start that over. It's it's hard. Her mother put in her in a long time ago that if a conflict were to happen, you know, people in the political scene are wrapped up in it. And people are caught up in this fire of war and are consumed by it. Her mother has always instilled in her that her job is to make sure, one, that it doesn't happen. And if it does, that things can keep going afterward. You know, you have to look to the future and what happens after it. So the war happens. People are hurt. Lots of people go down. And she's like, I can't stay here. I can't. I have to pick up the pieces and help people who are basically consumed by the fire of war. You know, I have to help pick up the pieces. That's It's been a part of my life is preventing future conflict and helping people recover from conflict. So I think she moves to, she goes to Iron Hill. And what I'll say is she is a huge historical figure because mm. Arthur's dead. Mm-hmm. Jeremy is now the leader of Iron Hill. He's essentially the jewel of the sky, but not really because that shit's done. And a human shows up to Iron Hill and is like, I know that you have people who are hurting. I know that you have sick. I know that you have dead. I want to help. And this is the first human to ever show up to Iron Hill as like, you know, is basically breaking that political bond. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Is breaking down mm-hmm. that wall of like the war is done. That era is over. That that time is done. The time of the crown has ended. And Jeremy, you're the leader of Iron Hill. And we don't have to live the way that they used to. You know, mm-hmm. my mom's era and Arthur's era, that's done. Um, we can pick things up and we can change things. So I think she puts the greater good over pretty much, unfortunately, being a part of this child's early life. And, the, and Gilly is left with the other parent? I think... She does this. She's like, I'm going, I'm going to be in Iron Hill. I'm going to, like, help people. I'm going to help, re- you know, fi- make things right. I'm going to help, like, rebuild and heal people. This is where I need to go. Her partner will call him uh, Franklin Goodfellow. Yeah. Wait, I already used fellow. We'll call him... Because uh, he's not really important. Franklin Good. Franklin Good. He's not uh, important Franklin Good. <laughs> Franklin Good. He's like, well, you know, that's great. That's not really, I don't, and she's like, I'm going to be in a higher, she's like, I'm going to stay in Iron Hill, like, until I feel, like, it's a long-term thing. I'm going to be in there for years. And he's like, that's great, but, like, I'm not interested in, like, staying in one place. Yeah. And it's, they're like, okay, well, then we're not going to stay together. And that's fine. And I think she takes, she takes Gilly, the two of them move to Iron Hill, and for the first time in her mid-twenties, 
she has a family and a home and a steady job and like she has something that she never has and she's able to give Gilly something that she never had which was like a a sense of place mm. and like you know her franklin a franklin i think franklin visits and the two of them have a very good relationship it says they remain very good friends that's also true and so like they they raise her together maybe gilly goes with franklin sometimes and like but and they they raise they raise her together but in her mid in her mid to late 20s she is uh gigi is here in iron hill like where things are happening and like actively like you know i i i see her like standing on a hill looking out over like four houses being built at once and like <laughs> managing this huge operation i dig it it it, it, it does help shine a light on like two things because one she's like an ambassador now you mm-hmm. know she comes and she's like that shit's over you know we gotta we gotta pick up the pieces and do better because this is this sucks and two like jeremy doesn't want to be a leader and i can't stress that enough like i don't think yeah. Jer- big jeremy's the best leader and I think that just as a, I think Gigi is a natural leader. Yeah. And so like get starts getting shit done, starts helping people, starts healing people and just starts rebuilding, you know, what is lost. Yeah. So she's there. That's like a lot of her twenties. All right. Roll me another, uh, adulthood event. And so I think something that is in her house is like a framed picture of her and Jeremy at one of these building sites, like cheersing big steins of beer oh yeah they have like hard hats on the hammers and tool belts and stuff and that was like i think that was a really important time in her life because that's when she had to really grow up yeah that was some adult shit like you're going to a battle site and being like shouting at the outside of a castle wall like hey i'm a healer and i want to do my part and kind of like not dealing with like fantasy racism but just like hey yeah, we have a lot of dead, wounded people here. We could really use your help. There's, like, a lot of bad stuff there, and she, like, helped fix, you know, she she helped rebuild a lot of ruined houses, helped, like, heal a lot of hurt people. Yeah. She did a lot of good, and it was a lot time of really, it's like you said, it was a time of really growing up. Love it. I got an 11, by the way. An 11. Well, shit. I mean, we could we could go into this, but it does, the the result on eleven is the character saves someone's life, and I feel like we've already discussed this. Okay, then no, I have a specific then. Okay, so the Battle of Iron Hill, as we know, it's unfortunately the Jewel of Dragon and Arthur had a disagreement, and they ended up going to war. They both died, and Big Jeremy is now the you know has the spectacles, and he's he's the mayor of Iron Hill. Um, I think that Starfellow was at the battle scene and in now in the reverse way Gigi gets to help like spend the summer healing Starfellow. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. wounded at the battle. She felt she had to go and whatever her own personal reasons has a wound and I think she saves her life by spending a lot of time with Starfellow and just, you know, catching her up on who she's become in her life. And so I think that is where like that's the house scenario that I'm seeing where it's like there's a house with a dragon in it, a human, and a baby that occasionally Franklin comes over and hangs out. But, like, they kind of hang out and all raise this baby together while, like, healing a wound and help building a community. So then maybe that's why it's a house, like, out in the middle of nowhere is, like, in the midst of all of this, she gets a letter from Starfellow that, like, she heard that Gigi was doing and she's like, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And in there she mentions that she's been, like, badly hurt. 
Mm. And so Gigi, like, takes a summer. Like, has she set up all of this infrastructure, but then takes, like, a summer or a year, goes to the house where Starfellow is staying, and that is the cottage that we see her, like, living in now. I love that. Because Starfellow's a little longer in the tooth now. Yeah, she's older, and I think that she's... So when Starfellow passes, she's like, the house is yours. And, you know... She's in her, she's older now. She's not, she's older now. She's like, you know, I've done my work. I've done my service. The city doesn't need me anymore. Yeah, obviously I've helped raise like, you know, such a wonderful human being and such a wonderful woman that like has done amazing things. And I think Starfire, Starfire, and I think Starfellow is at peace with, you know, some of my skills I passed down to you and you did incredible things with them. And I think I can leave. The house is yours. You know, if you Mm -hmm. and you and Gilly need a place to stay, if Franklin ever needs a place to crash, the house is yours. You know, that that legacy, I think, is also passed. (laughs) Franklin can sleep on the couch. Yeah, Franklin can sleep on the couch. There's a there's a cot in the basement for Franklin. I want to say that Starfellow doesn't really like Franklin good. No, she calls him Franklin bad. Franklin, Franklin, she calls him Franklin Lashitz. She specifically says, she specifically says, Franklin good. More like Franklin bad. Every single time, but like, as though it's the first time anyone has ever heard it. (laughs) They're like sipping coffee, and it's like, come on, he's really not that awful. Yeah, more like Franklin bad. Uh, She's like, yeah, no, I've I've heard that one. I get it, I get it. (laughs) Okay, I love this so much. So, and that's where she, and that's where I think Gilly grows up. And, like, has, like, her life and goes off and has a life of her own that maybe we'll go into another day, another time. So what is her relationship with Gilly? Real quick. What is that like? You know, because we we talked about Franklin and we talked about Starfellow, but what makes her a good grandma? That's a really good, that's a really good question. Because that would mean her relationship with Gilly and Gilly's child is, Mm -hmm. you know, she's a good grandma. So what I'll say is that Starfellow taught Gigi a long time ago at that cottage. It's not Cure Light Wounds. It's like a very specific healing spell that I think, like, it gets you back on your feet. It maybe, like, invokes, like, your inner potential. You know what I mean? Like, it helps develop Mm -hmm. you. Like, it's sort of that thing where it's like a, a version of Lay on Hands where if you put your hand on someone's shoulder, you can kind of impart your experience and your wisdom to them. You know how All Might makes Deku eat his hair and it yes. passes on like a power to him? I'm sort of seeing it like that is the cleric power here where there's a power in Starfellow that's passed down to Gigi, you know, and Gigi passes it down from then on to to Gilly and so on. So what does it do, though? What is it? <laughs> is um, it just healing power or is it like your whatever your potential is, it kind of wakes up? I think it's whatever your potential is, it kind of wakes up. Because we said that Gigi won't make your, won't, like, try to live your life for you, but will, like, harness your passion. Yeah, well, it's nurturing, is very, you know, is compassionate. And and I think the th- there's, this, there's this ongoing theme in this tale of, like, each generation kind of following in footsteps and sort of, like, echoing that. Mm-hmm. So what I will say, I'm going to throw you a pitch, and I think you can hear the excitement in my voice. I'm very excited, too. Gilly Galewind is a world-class metal, like, gold medalist athlete. Ooh. That is, like, that is, 
a star athlete on a scale that, like, GJ could have never conceived. So, like, the the magic that she passed on was not even healing magic, but it was that love of sport. Oh, so there... Oh, so there is literally like a magical generation spark that's mm-hmm. passed on. No, and what's so beautiful is that this magic wasn't even passed on from her mother. It was passed on from like, you know, a figure in her life. Like an important role model to her is what is what started this and passed to her. You know, she got a lot from her mother in the way of mm-hmm. like, you know, travel and being well-rounded and being respectful and being a hero and being responsible with power you have. But it didn't even, this magical sparky thing didn't even come from her. And I think that I think that we do see in the same way that like she never overtly be- that Gigi never became a. By the way, I know Gigi's first name, and I'm saving it. Okay, good. I love that. Uh, Gigi never became a a diplomat in a, in a literal sense, but she definitely like carried on that legacy in her own way. Mm-hmm. I think Gilly carries on that legacy as like uh, that her mother did, where Gilly is a spokesperson for a lot of social change and like she's taking she's sort of blazing her a trail of progress in ways that like much like her mother did and there's all of these like ongoing themes of things and it's that she was she very early on this is the image that i'm going to pitch you before we move on to other stuff okay early on very young gilly she sees gilly just like kicking a can or something hmm. or like hitting a hitting a ball with a stick yeah and sees and sees just like the just the the ear to ear grin as she like throws a ball in the air and whacks it mm-hmm. and so she like gives gilly some books on baseball and some books on glove glove and some books on extreme snowboarding just starts like talking telling her stories from her baseball days and like you know, and Gilly is like, I'm going to I'm going to do that and I'm going to be a star and starts training and working and spends her life becoming that like superstar athlete. I love it. I love it so much. And the, her greatest supporter is her mother, is Gigi, mm-hmm. you know, showing her every trick that she learned. And when eventually Gilly becomes better than her mother, it's sort of like this beautiful moment of like, see, this is your path. Mine was the path of like the healer and the rebuilder. But you are, you're a star and you're going to change so many lives. And I think, I think the change that you said that Gilly eventually promotes and, you know, passes to her child is to live your own path. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That starts these baseball programs all over the world to help kids like start a community, like, you know, really have fun with each other while you can, because you're only a kid once and it's important to find your happiness now in the way that that was taught to her as well. You know what I mean? Like to yeah. enjoy your youth now while you have it. Enjoy your time together and find who you are and find what you're passionate about and do it passionately. That fucking rules. I love this so much. And then a Gilly eventually has a child of her own and she inspires that child to go on her own way. And... um Gertrude oh. Gigi Galewind is there to support them the whole way. I love it so much. Because it really is like all this started, the whole thing of like follow your own path and like, you know, the lesson from the fire of like, you know, be responsible and be careful. You have to earn this. Like this isn't just given to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It all started with that summer with Starfellow when she learned like to heal and play sports. Everything kind of started there with this. Everything started with the fire, honestly. 
Mm-hmm. And it just it sparked such a beautiful story of someone who tells people to like, you know, live your own life. I know there's a lot that's happened in Iron Hill and between Dragon, but we don't have to live like that. We can pave our own way and create our own future. And she helps Big Jeremy kind of realize that too by showing up. And all this started because Gloriana Galewind instilled this in Gigi. Like this is so beautiful of like a generational story of someone who, a grandmother who lives in a house full of lessons basically of like how to be strong and how to be independent and how to be an individual and how to like carve your place in the world with like, you know, love for yourself and what you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it all started with a really heavy gauntlet being rested on a shoulder. And I think that's why like on that fireplace, there's just a steel gauntlet and it's not like it's not in a glass case. It's just out there. And, you know, when Gilly and her granddaughter come over and, and like, what's that gauntlet for? I think that's when it's like, well, your grandmother, who is your great grandmother, who is the most who is the most brave knight that has ever lived, you know, once set things in motion that changed the world. You know, and there's this really the story that we just told against. Mm hmm. It's perfect. And I love it. And I think that's a wrap. Absolutely. I, this is fun. This was good. I like this. I think we did a good job for the first time. I think we did. I think we did a great job. I was going to say we could do Treehouse Dreams, but I think time-wise and story-wise, I feel like we're good. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, yeah, totally. I feel great. Because I just feel great about this. I, I feel know. great about this story. GG. GG so Gertrude, good. Gertrude GG Galewind. <laughs> I think she goes by Gigi because she's like, I don't want to be, I don't want people to call me Gertie. I don't want people to call me Gertie. I like Gigi. It's my family name. And I, that's how I'm living. I love it. That's such a good, less is more sometimes. And that was a good prompt. It took us some some very good places. I dig it. Thank you so much, Twitter user Muscular Pikachu. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, there are so many ways you can do it. And it just means the world to us. You sure can. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. Uh, you can send them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. You can post them to our discord link to which has been to our Twitter. Or you can you go to all my fantasy and use the content submission form. Yes, you can. And while you're there, check out the website. It's really cool. And it has links to our discord and all that fun stuff. Um, if you'd like to, you can find the link to our Patreon there, where you can become a backer and get sweet bonus material and early episode access, and is a great way to financially support the show and to let us know that you got our back. And we have a new Patreon backer that I'd like to talk about and say how wonderful they are. Mr. Sky Otter, one, you have an incredibly amazing name. Uh, I'd like to thank you so much for your new backing of our Patreon, for believing in our little project that could. Thank you so much. What do you hope? <laughs> Let's see. Let me think. I'm think. I gotta think about this. I hope that you hear your favorite song. I swear to God, I was gonna say the same fucking thing. There you go. That's double. That's double hope. Oh Sky my Otter. God. That's double hope. Uh, we both hope that you hear your favorite song just out and about. Like you're in a store and the store radio just plays your favorite song. Yes. And you're like, what? This is great. And like, maybe you haven't heard it in a while. And like, oh, yeah. And you're like, oh my God, this song, I forgot. It's such a fucking banger. Like, oh my God. Yeah. And you just stand there for a moment. And you're like, wow, I forgot. Like, you, it's 
one of those songs, like your favorite song that you haven't heard in so long that you kind of start to think that maybe it wasn't your favorite song. Mm. You know, that that specific song. Yeah. I hope you hear that in a store and you go, oh, yeah, this is why this is my favorite song. Thank you so much for becoming a Patreon backer of ours. You are the coolest. Uh, you can also consider if you uh, you can also consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, giving us a social media shout out or word of mouth recommendation. All of those things help us uh, reach new listeners, which helps us grow and do bigger, better and cooler things. Yeah, help us grow. Won't you help us grow? Um, <laughs> Jeff has a second podcast and it's super good. Uh, I sure do. It is called Party of One. It is an actual play uh, podcast. It is an actual play podcast focused on two player role playing games. Um, while I'm talking about podcasts, I would also like to plug the work of one Alex Roberts, Muscular Pikachu, on Twitter. Yup! Uh, Alex is a game designer for, uh, she works with Bully Pulpit Games. She is also, uh, the host of Backstory, which is an amazing interview show where she talks to LARP organizers, game designers, uh, all sorts of fascinating people. And, uh, we played a game together a while back. We played a game called Hot Guys Making Out, mm-hmm. uh, on Party of One. It was a very good episode. And we maybe played another game that will soon to be out uh, that is tentatively called Tension, which is a game that she is writing a two-player game of forbidden romance about two people who really, really want to, but really, really shouldn't. Uh, We played a game of that a few weeks ago that you might hear on Party of One in the near future. Uh, What else? Oh, Verbal Hug. I have a Verbal Hug, because this episode I feel really good about. Hit me. Um, Oftentimes, you know, when you're consuming media and you make shit... You feel a lot of pressure to be like everybody else, or you see what's popular, and you see what's jiving with other people, and you're like, I should be doing that. Oh, man, my stuff sucks, because I'm not doing what the kids are talking about. And this episode made me feel really good, because it's long, and, you know, we didn't play a game. It's not necess- it's not silly. You know, we really did something from, like, the heart, kind of. You know, we mm-hmm. played, and we really did something that means a lot. There's no, like, it's not Jeremiah Noodleman. And I feel really good about that, and it's kind of like... You know, just make the work that you want to make, you know, because if you're not enjoying the shit you're making, it's not going to have any value to you. It's just going to you're going to feel like you're punching the fucking clock and like save that for when you're at your survival job. You know, when you're doing your creative thing, feel comfortable in what you're doing in and that feel comfortable in your vision and really stick to your guns and feel good and about what you're making. Uh, follow your heart. You know, as corny yeah. as that sounds, it's true. I was just thinking this today. Um don't be afraid to be a little self-indulgent, you know? Mm-hmm. Moderation is your friend, but, like, self-indulgence is literally just means that you are doing a thing specifically because you enjoy it and yes. it means something to you. And oftentimes that is more welcome and more infectious than you realize. Yes. I have an example of this. Okay. Um, the first episode of Party of One is about professional wrestling. Which is a theme that has come up on Party of One a lot. Yes. And I remember at the time I recorded that first episode and I said, oh, people aren't going to like this. Like, I did, you know, this was self-indulgent. This was dumb. This was me doing this because I like wrestling and I think it was funny. And do you know how many people have, like, reached down to me and said, like, I really loved that that first episode was about wrestling. That was fun and neat and you're clearly excited. And other people have come to me and said, like, I really like wrestling, so, like, seeing you do wrestling stuff made me excited to, like, try out your show. Yes. Like, and it was specifically, like, it's that I I and my guest were passionate about this thing, we had a genuine love of it, and we shared that, and that love 
is infectious. You know, you hear somebody talk about something or experience something that they really genuinely, like, enjoy, it's easy to get caught up in that. Yeah. And I think that's, there's a value in that. So, and once again, enjoy yourself. You know, yeah. do things that you enjoy because you love them and celebrate those things. If you record it and share it on the internet, that's fine too. But make sure if you're doing it, that you're enjoying it, that you're having a good time and you're doing something that you love. Yeah, for sure. Save the work for work. Yeah. Anything else? Do we talk about anything else? I think that's it. I do think that's it. Um, yeah. So then, on that note, until next time, good, good night, night and, and good, good game. game.